Welcome to This Week in Woke. With me, your host, the very meek and mild Casper Milktoast-like Rob Smith. Let's jump into our stories for today. Charles Pierce has an article this week mocking Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana for recent comments he's made. Here's what Kennedy had to say. These woke, high-IQ stupid people, they're easy to recognize. They hate George Washington, they hate Thomas Jefferson, they hate Dr. Zeus, and they hate Mr. Potato Head. The, these woke, high-IQ stupid people, they walk around, they walk around with Ziploc bags of kale that they can eat to give them energy. Now, if you want to eat kale, that's up to you. I don't eat kale. You know why? Because kale tastes to me like I'd rather be fat. And these high IQ pe stupid people, the wokers in charge in Washington, D.C., the berserk wing of the Democratic Party, they hyperventilate on their yoga mats if, if you use the wrong pronoun. They're all over Washington, D.C. In response, Pierce said this. Kennedy pretends to be Mr. Haney from Green Acres in the hopes that none of his benighted constituents will notice that he's got a degree from Magdalen College, Oxford, which is in England, where so many of those Europeans live. Pierce goes on and says, pretending he's as big a rube as his audience is to watch in nauseated fascination a distilled version of modern conservative politics, to sneer at knowledge and sophistication from behind your elite degrees, to talk about kitchen table issues while shoving the country's wealth upwards, to put on working class signifiers to steal the working class's future. The fake the phrase laughing up your sleeve was invented for people like this. What Pierce doesn't get is that Kennedy is talking about high IQ people who are high strung, unhinged, and emotionally oversensitive and who lack a grain of common sense. Kennedy respects people with virtue and he sees that in the ordinary man and not the liberal faux elitist who is smug in his own self-righteousness and doesn't know what he doesn't know. I am reminded of the wisdom of Rudyard Kipling. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch. As a Southerner, I feel that Pierce exposes his own ignorance and provinciality. Does he really expect Senator Kennedy to not have a Southern accent? What does Pierce know of virtue? He's just another one of these frumpy journalists who hides behind a cutesy cartoon avatar when he really looks like this. Many such cases. A 2021 clip of Rutgers professor Brittany Cooper, a.k.a. Professor Crunk, has resurfaced. This is five minutes long, so buckle up 
for a doozy. I think that white people are committed to being villains in the aggregate, right? The real sort of issue here, and I, you know, I've heard people sort of say it, is one, I think that white people viscerally fear. It's not that white people don't know, right, what they have done. They know. They fear that there is no other way to be human but the way in which they are human, which is to... So, you know, like you talk to white people and whenever you, you really want to have a reckoning about it, they say stuff like, you know, it's just human nature. If y'all had all of this power, you would have done the same thing, right? And it's like, no, that's what white humans did. White human beings thought there's a world here and we own it. Prior to them... Black and brown people have been sailing across oceans, interacting with each other for centuries without total subjugation, domination, and colonialism. We have seen uh, what a what a show this iteration of treatment of, of other human beings means, and that my hope is that we would do it differently you know, in the moments when we have some power. We will not do it perfectly, but I do think that all of us can sort of agree that a politics that says like there are superior and inferior human beings just isn't the way to go. And that's the thing that white people don't trust us to do because they are so corrupt. You know, their thinking is so morally and spiritually bankrupt about power that they can't let, you know, they fear viscerally, existentially letting go of power because they cannot imagine that there is another way to be. It is either that you dominate or you are dominated. And isn't it sad that that, that is spiritually who they are and that they can't imagine a sort of more expansive notion of the world? The thing I want to say to you is we got to take these motherfuckers out. But I know, but like, we can't say that, right? We can't say, like, I don't believe in a project of violence. I truly don't. Because I think in the end that our souls suffer from that. And I do think that some of this is a spiritual condition. So here is where I land most days about white people. Um, and I actually have been helped in this by thinking about indigenous people, right? See, part of the challenge of, around whiteness is that it... It totally skews our view of everything, right? I gave this like TED talk about this some years back. And one of the reasons I was trying to think about it is like the, the world didn't start when white people arrived in America and tried to tell all the rest of us how things were going to go. There were people out here making worlds, Africans and indigenous people being brilliant and, you know, libraries and inventions and, you know, vibrant notions of humanity and cross-cultural exchange long before white people showed up being raggedy and violent and terrible and trying to take everything from everybody. And that's really important because if we believe that history starts for us when white people drag us to these shores, then we can never get outside of the notion that this is going to be our existential struggle. All things that begin end. White folks are not infinite and eternal, right? They ain't gonna go on for infinity and infinity. And that's super important to remember that white colonialism and imperialism has a beginning. And in my way of thinking about the world, that means it has an end. And so part of what we are trying to do is to imagine what it, what are the steps that we must take to get to the other side of this very inconvenient you know, epochal interruption of like black and indigenous world making. I mean, does that give people comfort on the day to day when you like just having to deal with white folks and the tra you know, the travesties that they create and the sense that they want to destroy the planet? Nah, there is a world beyond even our sojourn on the earth. And so 
whiteness is going to have an end date because it it is not, despite what white people think of themselves, they do not defy the laws of eternity, right? Their projects are not so sophisticated that the natural laws of physics change for them. And when we sort of humble them in the, in humble our own understandings of whiteness, it seems like the biggest giant that we face. But in the end, right, it is what I like to say is, you know, black folks were out here for centuries and centuries and millennia doing all kinds of wonderful things and probably some fucked up things too. But whiteness is largely an, you know, an inconvenient interruption. And so we then get to ask ourselves, so why am I here in this moment of it? Like, damn, you know, why did I show up in this particular iteration? And it's like, well, I think we showed up in this iteration precisely so that we could, um, help to figure out an end and a way to the other side of this, you know, uh, gargantuan historical tragedy that is is white supremacy. What if I told you she wasn't punished for that? What if I told you that back in September, she released a book for children and there was an art exhibit in her honor. The Huffington Post said that her truth telling is too much for the cowardly right wing mob. Is it very feminist to say white people deserve low birth rates? Remember, this is at Rutgers of all places. Anyway, how about some more of her greatest hits? God is a God of, quote, white supremacy and patriarchy. She chooses to worship a Jesus that was, quote, queer and, quote, married to a prostitute. White families like Mitt Romney's can't properly raise black children. Linear time is a product of a Eurocentric world. Or in short, our concept of time is racist. A founding principle of our nation is that black people are inhuman. Therefore, riots are really just resistance against an unjust system. Brexit was the result of white nationalism. And obesity in the black community is caused by, you guessed it, racism. Like, I hate when people talk about black women being obese. I hate it because it becomes a way to blame us for a set of conditions that we didn't create. We are living in the Trump era. And look, those policies kill our people. You can't get access to good health care, good insurance. The research says that black women, when we do the same diets as white women, we lose less weight and we lose it slower. And what public health practitioners think is that our stress responses in the body change our metabolism. It's literally that the racism that you're experiencing and the struggle to make ends meet actually means the diet don't work for you the same. And Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is responsible for demolishing the civil rights movement. Conservatives forget about her past lunacy and the university exhales a sigh of relief. A year goes by and is safe to praise her in their own press releases. But in reality, she's a cancer, discrediting Rutgers and frankly, all of academia not to mention poisoning the minds of students. Dr. Jordan Peterson had this to say about the video. This is the inevitable destination of the road we've been taking. 
the main culprit, the spirit that has subverted the universities. The real story is how we move on to the next news cycle, forget the recent past, and nothing is ever done when it comes to these activist professors. Once again, Disney is in the news. National Review has an article this week, returning Disney CEO plans to, quote, quiet down culture war controversies, insist woke themes, not political. Right. CEO Bob Iger insists that Disney's movies aren't political. They are just about being a good global citizen. Are you being a good global citizen when you censor movies for authoritarian regimes? How about you hear it straight from the horse's mouth? Here's a virtual question. Many cast members had wished that Disney stayed out of politics. Will Disney stay out of making political statements? You know, I think uh, there's a misperception here about what politics is. And I think that some of the subjects that have proven to be controversial as it relates to Disney have been branded political, and I don't necessarily believe they are. I don't think when you are telling stories and attempting to be a good citizen of the world that that's political. Just not how I view it. Do I like the company being embroiled in controversy? Of course not. It can be distracting, and it can have a negative impact on the company. And to the extent that I can work to kind of quiet things down, I'm going to do that. But I think it's, it's important to put in perspective what some of these subjects are and not just simply brand them political. Iger went on to say, one of the core values of our storytelling is inclusion and acceptance and tolerance, and we can't lose that. And obviously these things are great, but by using the left's buzzwords, he signaled he was one of the mindless groupthink progressive leftist. By using their buzzwords and talking points, he caved. And Disney will continue to be woke and lose lots of money. Sell your stock. Now, if you want to read something so stupid, you might lose a few IQ points. Your head might even explode. Look no further than Jamil Bowie's Before He Takes on Woke Capitalism. Ron DeSantis should read his Karl Marx. I really don't think Bowie knows too much about Marx. Marx said some Kanye-level things about the Jews and loved the N-word. Karl Marx's letters to Engels are filled with racist epithets. The N-word, endlessly used, often linked uh, to the word Jew. Uh, he's profoundly racist against black people in his published writings as well as his private ones. David Hume, the great Scottish philosopher of the Enlightenment, is currently cancelled and has had his name prized off buildings in his native Scotland because of one footnote in one of his essays. Karl Marx remains completely easy to cite and nobody cares that he was a racist by our modern standards and the most that anyone can say about this is, well, he was a man of his time, to which one can say, who is yeah. it? And then, and I've had this in recent days, some of the Marxists say, well, we don't go to him for his personal feelings. We go to him for his economic theory. Well, the same thing with David Hume. Yes, exactly. Same thing with Thomas Jefferson. Plus, like Fetterman, he completely lived off the wealth of other people. 
Bowie's argument is the problem of woke capitalism for social and political conservatives is the problem of capitalism for anyone who hopes to preserve anything in the face of the ceaseless drive of capital to dominate the entire society. Wow, really? Are all capitalists a Mr. Monopoly boogeyman? Mr. Bowie, you know, DeSantis attacked BlackRock this week. BlackRock, the largest investor in weapon manufacturers through its iShares, U.S. Aerospace, and Defense ETF. BlackRock, the world's largest shadow bank. The same BlackRock that super progressive Senator Elizabeth Warren said was too big to fail. The same BlackRock that buddied up with the Federal Reserve System during COVID and that the new Republican, the Bernie bro and millennial Marxist rag that said, quote, was having a very good pandemic and was casting itself as socially responsible while contributing to the climate catastrophe, evading regulatory scrutiny and angling to influence a Biden administration, end of quote. Mr. Bowie, you would imagine that there would be plenty of leftists saying right now, I disagree with DeSantis on almost everything, but standing up to BlackRock is something all politicians should do. These journalists like to pretend they are for the people until it actually comes down to being for the people. So until next week, friends, remember, watch Rob is Right every day. Say your prayers and eat your vegetables. This is Rob Smith. Sayonara, mother. That's pro-